Okay, so we've just sat down in the dog and crumpet. No, that's the placeholder <laughs> for my script. Okay, so we've just sat down in the uh, the Venter Inn, and we're taking a quick break after everybody solved my Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci-themed escape room last week for you, just now for us. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a debrief, uh, a drink, and see if anybody's coming in hot and spicy for a natter. And oh, here we go. Here come our drinks. Okay, who's got what? I'm Anna, and I've got a Cronenberg. I have a pint tin of Cronenberg. Yes. Delicious. <laughs> the only true size <laughs> phenomenon. You're going to come out with these classy drinks now, and I'm going to No, get no, no. But I, I have, <laughs> I have such profound respect for you right now. You have yeah, the most yeah, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculously named <laughs> beers, and I've got myself a Cronenberg, but um, it's nice. There's a picture being painted <laughs> of the Jordan household, just kind of like a conveyor belt for Cronenberg. We're drinking from <laughs> It's consistent. That's the main thing. Don't mix all the, all the drinks with this fancy nonsense. You know what you're like and you've got it. That's perfect. And I'm Jamie and I'm finishing off the last of my Blood Mead uh, from Linda's Fun, which you may be fairly missed from the last episode. Not, not a fancy drink. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Jamie. Anna's got you banter right. <laughs> yeah, go on. What else have we got here? Absolutely. It's just honey wine, okay? They've been drinking it for thousands of years. <laughs> it it never it never goes off. Oh, From Linda's farm. Brood, my man. Norse gods. God, get over it. I've, I've only got a little bit left, so I've got a backup, which is uh, Moniac Mead, also from Linda's farm, waiting in the wings. Um... <laughs> I, yeah, I hold my hands. Okay, it's Jamie's got backup right, knees. Fine. Everyone, <laughs> shut up! I'm a snob. Uh, uh, hello, I'm Tony. I am working my way through the New Year's leftovers. We had some people over for New Year's, and some oh, some stuff was put in our drinks fridge. Oh, some weird things. Uh, so I'm sort of working my way through the more palatable stuff before I get onto the fucking. Copperberg. Um so I've I've already got through a small can of Camden Hells and I'm currently drinking a Brewdog Elvis juice, which Anna, you're right, is a beer with a stupid name, but it's also mass produced, Will. So yeah. Um and delicious. Yeah, uh, yeah and nice. Yeah, and I do Mike Mike as yes, I do like the Elvis juice. And Mike, as you pointed out earlier, I do <laughs> I do have a whiskey queued up. I've got a Bushmills twenty one that my wife bought me as a gift last year. So, you're striking uh, a balance then. There we go. You know. There we go. It's not all the way posh. Ooh. Jamie, Jamie, I like the idea that if you're exposed to um, lager by the tin, that you just break out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such an act. If, there's, if it's an Skin offer. starts burning like a, like a vampire with a cross being held up. It activ- activates my trouble. It's got nothing but the high society uh, food, uh, food and drink of the gods for me. Thank you very much. Nothing else will do. Giving ja- giving Jamie a can of Cronenberg is like giving a, a Mogwai water or, or, or feeding him after midnight. It turns <laughs> you, into a sort of big leathery you, beast. You just activate the valley. bigger leatherier beast. I go 100% Just <laughs> start drinking cider and black directly out of a paper bag. <laughs> and I'm Mike, and I am drinking a, uh, a whiskey. It's just a nice, simple uh, Marks and Spencer's blend, but with the Fever Tree uh, ginger ale mm. with orange, which is really nice. nice. It's kind of like having halfway between uh, whiskey and ginger and a little bit of an old-fashioned. So it's mm. um, it's most agreeable, and I've been guzzling it. It's like nobody's business. That sounds amazing. Mm. I want I want that. Yeah, that looks <laughs> good. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, that sounds like a summer drink as well. Not, not to say you're wrong for drinking it now, but I feel <laughs> like I could have a very pleasant evening in the garden mm. drinking those. I, I'm very much enjoying it. I accidentally ate an entire bag of um, pretzels. 
drinking this the other night. I don't know how the two are connected, but there were pretzels nearby. And you know what it's like? You're like, delicious. And then it doesn't really. Anyway, sorry. Bad story. You start to go, why my mouth is so salty? Oh, look, there's whiskey. Let me just wet my whistle. Well, that was the loop. That's the point. And then you felt a little bit pissed. So you thought, oh, I need to soak this up. Yeah. Wow, what a surprise. My mouth is salty again. Oh, look, more whiskey. Yeah, that's literally what happened. And then I watched Death Race 2000 um, while that happened. So <laughs> I don't know just, what that is. It was just an overwhelm. It, it, it's like a parody. It's, it looks like, at first glance, a 1970s parody sci-fi movie, except it's actually a 1970s sci-fi movie. That was Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, I see. He's not around in the 1970s. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, he, wow. would have been a, he would have been a baby. It's got baby Vin Diesel. Baby if anyone Vin would Diesel. do it, it'd be baby Vin Diesel. <laughs> Ponytail Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. Google Gaga, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> drinking a drinking a Corona branded baby bottle, <laughs> <laughs> saying I'm a Zalabad fan. <laughs> I thought I was gonna. It's gonna say all of my exposure to Vin Diesel in the last, you know, however many years has been Fast and the Furious, but that's big, but that's because. That's all he's done, mm. except say I am Groot in various. That's fair. And he's also a massive D and D nerd, which is cool. He is a massive D and D nerd. I've heard that. Uh, there's, there's a, um, also his real name is he, he. He was not born Vin Diesel. He was born Mark Sinclair. Yeah, that's not an action not hero. Very, yeah, yeah. No. I don't think people look like at a little that's... baby and think this looks like a Vin Diesel to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call this baby Vin Diesel. <laughs> well, given, that, given that his last name is car related, I wonder if the Vin actually stands for vehicle identification number. Vehicle identification number. point. Uh, yeah, so quick uh, quick spoiler warning for listeners. If you haven't listened to our previous episode, please pause, go do so now, and then come back. We'll be waiting for you because this chat will be heavily spoilerific. With that in mind, Mike, fantastic room. I bloody enjoyed it. Yeah. It's great. Uh, do you want to give like a, like a one-line summary of the room or like a one paragraph of what the, the room was, just in case people for some reason have skipped the warning and have listened to this episode before they've listened to the other one? You think you're doing Milanese karaoke, but you're actually in Leonardo da Vinci's Forgotten Workshop and you've got to escape or something. <laughs> Beautiful. That was the first thing I wanted to see. Is how did you get from karaoke bar to da Vinci's Long Forgotten mm. Workshop? Did you have that in mind that you wanted to do da Vinci and then... Unfortunately, yes. I, you know, when you asked me, Mike, do you want anything for the handover? I was like, no, Jamie, anything you give me is fine. <laughs> and then the next day I was like... Oh, I really want to do one on Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> Basically, I've been listening to this audiobook about Leonardo da Vinci, and I mm. he's now like my boo. Um, oh, wow. I'm just a little bit obsessed with him, uh, which will pass, obviously, until I read the next audiobook. And I'm like, oh, man, those Templars had a lot going on, didn't they? <laughs> or something. I don't know. Wait till you hear about the assassins and their creed, or so I'm told, Ooh. according to Assassin. Ubisoft. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, yeah, I feel like I probably should have learned more from Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> um, After playing Assassin's Creed 2, then went to Venice about eight months later and had the lay of the land when I got there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Amazing. Oh. so if you want to get to Smart Square, it's kind of down that way into the right. And over but that yeah. roof. <laughs> I played that game. Well, yeah. 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 I was just, I yeah, there were not enough bales of hay when I went to Venice. That's true. Yeah, no, I know. Completely <laughs> broke the immersion. I kept trying to swing off. I kept trying to like jump and swing off of the things on the front of people's houses, but they kept coming off in my hands. And then people kept chasing me, saying, "You have to pay for that." Yeah. It was, oh, it was assassino, weird. assassino, assassino, yeah. You assassino the sign. Yeah, when we when we did when we were working on that puzzle, did we do anything that you didn't expect, or was it pretty straightforward? Yeah. No, you did actually, and that you fucking like annihilated it, you obliterated <laughs> all of my little. 
I basically, I, I, so I, I gave you uh, three turns of a 12-minute hourglass because I was convinced it was a bit of a shitter. Oh, particularly yeah. the Particularly the paintings and the eyes. I thought, oh, they'll never, you know, they'll have to, unless they're like actively drawing down the orientation of the room. And I, I've given them some breadcrumbs, but are they still going <laughs> to... The three of you are a super team, so you absolutely Ooh. smashed through it. I mean, anything that needed... Basically, there were a couple of things you had to touch inappropriately, and Anna was like... Was like, desecration i think of that ancient masterpiece um what are you saying about me and there was some, <laughs> there was some great leaps as well i mean uh both jamie and tony i think you both had a couple of leaps where it was like what's under the bench and it's like i was i was really ready for you guys to be stuck for a while and then be like <laughs> how long how long have i been doing this show uh, uh 2019 i think i started doing this so it'll be it's about three and a half years always look under all the furniture <laughs> like there's always something under there especially if it's ben or mike doing the puzzle like yeah. there's gonna be something <laughs> under the thing yeah. so yeah that's uh <laughs> rule one of the infinite escape yeah. room yeah i thought the world building yeah. was really good because i could really imagine that Ooh. waterloo just sat in there you described it as the size of a portal <laughs> and now in retrospect i understand it's because it needed to be big enough for a grown man. human man to be in there but <laughs> without that context it's just like it's a big box in the corner and it looks like a waterloo it's just no, it's got da Vinci shitting, it. shitting on his invention <laughs> yeah. did you have you ever played the ipad games of the da vinci the da vinci house of da vinci or the room any of those yes i love oh those. the room the room the room oh i think so i played the room yeah, yeah there's one yeah. called the house yeah. of da vinci's as well and it's just oh. they're just fun little like puzzlers and yeah. um and they they make nice. me feel clever and i think your puzzle made me feel clever mm. michael because my brain was broken today yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's come back to life now so. oh well you were, so you actually so the portaloo was the only thing in the room that wasn't in some way authentically linked to da vinci so this is this is what i'm talking about with the mm. the mild obsession at the moment so for starters uh tony i've just found that you asked earlier what bella stanza de ragazzi is uh, it's the handsome bella. boys room <laughs> because right. uh, Da Vinci loved a handsome boy. He painted a lot of handsome boys, and he was utterly obsessed with um, boys with all mousselies, beautiful anatomical boys with um, lovely golden curls uh, and wicked eyes like his um, possible lover, Salai, mm. um, who was a bit of a shit um, by historical accounts. But uh, he was very fond of him. But here's the cool thing. Da Vinci was an early escape room pioneer. What? Go on. Yep. <laughs> Tell us more. For short. He so, just kept getting uh, locked Vinci, in. Well, yeah, he, so he was at the. <laughs> just, oh, I've locked myself into bloody portal level again. Yes, I've invented a new scanner room. So, um, sorry, that accent was all over the place. You would never believe I actually like listened to a YouTube video on how to do Italian accents and then completely you're, failed. You're starting to sound like the fucking compare the market <laughs> meerkat. Like, you're sort of dr you're drifting ever further, sort of east. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of you kind of march through Mighty Bush and then straight into compare the market. It it does remind me a lot yeah. of your Greek market sales. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there, isn't it? I apologise to the entire rest of the world. All of you, all of everywhere. the entire Mediterranean is just right now just going ah. Yeah, give it far enough again to us, but yeah. So he was an early escape room pioneer. So um, he uh, was at the court of 
a pope oh. or a king or what? A Borgia. No, he was the Duke of Milan. He was the court. Basically, he was at the court of the Duke of Milan. He was his uh, his patron for. And one of his big things is that was the he Schwarzes? was not the Schwarzes. Yeah, the Schwarzes. No. Yeah, Schwarzes. Um, yeah, uh, and one of his big things was he kind of he had to provide entertainments and things for sort of mm. grand lavish parties and things. So he'd compose riddles. He'd do like little puzzles, like little visual things. He'd do sketches and things. And a lot of the things that we use in our escape rooms that you might find in escape rooms, he did. The Quill Riddle is an a Da Vinci original. Oh wow! Um, so. Um, the feathers lift man as they do birds. Basically, as in writing elevates man. A lot of his riddles were a bit shit. This was the less shit of them. But, you know, in those days, they were like, oh. <laughs> this and, guy's you know, a bladder genius. He invented probably, riddles, probably. And it's, so, it's probably better in, in what would it be, 15th century Milanese? Like, yeah. probably, it probably sounds better. You had to be there. Yeah. 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 Most of yeah. <laughs> to be there. Context is king. <laughs> to be at the court of the sports. <laughs> Yeah, so he uh, he invented loads of that sort of stuff, and he also did lots of wow. like mechanisms and hidden. Uh, he was very into just making beautiful, intricate, weird inventions and, and mechanisms. Mm. So the tiny bird, he didn't make. He was obsessed with birds. Oh. He was absolutely obsessed mm. with birds uh, and the flight of birds. Oy, he used oy. to draw them and dissect them and try and work out how they float, um, or how they sort of soar in flight. He did make, however, a uh, a mechanical lion which uh, was able to walk mm. forwards on a system of pulleys and open its breast. Mm. Uh, to reveal fuck uh, you flowers. boston dynamics <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry. Vinci got there way earlier with wood and a bit of old leather <laughs> so yeah he, he just you know he was fucking brilliant um vitruvian man uh interesting thing about mm. that is that a lot of people actually attribute the whole thing to leonardo he was the first person to visualize it but it's actually based on the work of uh vitruvius a roman who like leonardo was utterly obsessed with the ratios of people. So it was like, oh, um, a man's the space from a man's nipples to his dick are two and a half heads. The space of a foot, or the length of a foot is equal to two, uh, one and a half elbows. But Leonardo definitely had some sort of neurodivergent something mm-hmm. going on because he used to record reams and reams and reams of these down to incredible exacting detail. And he used to measure absolutely everything uh, but yeah so this was the product of that and also it's sitting in a circle and a square and that's because um he was obsessed as were many at the time with the idea of um squaring the circles to so being able to calculate mm. areas and ratios um of squares and uh, of circles within squares um famously bad at arithmetic as well ah loved loved maths and oh, logic right. bad at arithmetic what's the Classic. difference i'm an artist i don't know what's the number <laughs> uh, so he was like, he was really into uh sort of maths uh oh, sorry he was really into um uh sort of physics and how things worked and kind of like you know logical kind of progressions of things mm-hmm. but when it came to actually like adding two numbers up or multiplying things yeah yeah absolute dope yeah. he's um he kept very detailed personal records of like his accounts and stuff and frequently fucked yeah. <laughs> so he was really interested in like equations and theories and expressing things as a rule but couldn't yeah. actually do probably had some some bloke who was better at that <laughs> yeah didn't, or, or yeah, some, didn't like some if, lad yeah didn't know algebra if he'd um if he'd known mm. algebra um mm. the world may, de- may be a different place mm. sure um yeah some people were just very clever i i went to uni at oxford and some academics you'd see them walking around and they were just so clever that they just didn't know where they were like they didn't <laughs> 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 and it's it's an interesting thing. I love that. That's so cool, though. But so the uh, the art stuff in there. So uh, this is Anna. This is your your wheelhouse. So he had a mathematical. He actually had a mathematical mm. and scientific approach mm-hmm. to art. So he was one of the first artists to denounce the line 
because um, up until that point, people were very obsessed with lines in painting. Mm-hmm. And he said, lines aren't real, lines are constructs. And if you actually look at how light diffuses and how it aligns, um, it's it's never like a very clear definition. So he pioneered sformata, which is that uh. fuzzy line you get. So if you look at the Mona Lisa, is a great example. Ooh. It's that fuzziness around the colour, how there's no quite sort of distinct edges. Ooh. But he was also, uh, when it comes to sort of uh, geometry, he was obsessed with geometry. So things like perspective lines, he was absolutely uh, sort of dogged about. And he studied loads and loads about it. And he was one of those people who looks rather than sees, if that makes sense. So it was, what is my eye actually seeing rather than what's my brain translating? Mm. Um, and he was really, really good. For so he, he worked out why the sky is blue, like hundreds of years before anybody else. He worked out friction 200 years before anybody else actually got credited with it because he basically wanted to prove that his perpetual motion machine couldn't work. So he basically went, oh, the reason it doesn't work is because of friction. Moving on, and then 200 years later, somebody like, I've discovered friction. It's rubbing stuff in it. Um, uh, sorry, Anna, I've just like, I've sprinted over the painting bit there, but you probably know more about Leonardo da Vinci's fancy painting stuff than me. N- not really, I'm afraid. But um, <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I feel like there was a certain point where... Um, where being good at art, it was never really considered, you know, they were just like, you know, that's just a byproduct of this genius, you know. He's very good at maths and he happens to be able to draw things. But it, um, mm. you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was, I don't know, was it what he was known for? You know more about him than I do, I think. Well, he it was what he was known for. It wasn't what he wanted to be known no, for. No, he wanted to be known um, for everything mm. else, yeah. It, yeah, he got he got to a point in his career where he was like he apparently got sick at the sight of a brush mm. and just wanted to be a military engineer. Hmm. So he he volleyed around. Mm. Um, yeah, Machiavelli. Machiavelli was good mates with him. Mm. Um, Classic. Yeah, uh, tossed around with him, and yeah, they uh, he worked on all sorts of horrible military machines and whatnot, and um, pieces of military engineering. Absolutely loved it because it was application of a theory, which is what he'd been trying to do for mm. years. He never advertised himself, or very rarely advertised himself as a painter. More often than not, he said he was a um, a military engineer or an engineer. Yeah. Imagine yeah, his so- embarrassment when people like, did did you do that really lovely painting that's in that church yeah. that I've been to? Yeah. Oh no 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 no, that's yeah. my other guy, uh, Leonardo Lalinchi. 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 And and my last bit of nonsense trivia is just so. Final thing with uh, connections to the room, the eyes of the paintings. So Leonardo didn't Ooh. pioneer this, but he was a big um, advocate of it, was conveying narrative uh, and movement in paintings. Sure. And one of the ways he did this was, um, and the Last Supper is one way you can do this. Uh, there's a couple of others. Um, oh, crikey, Tony, you'll know the name for this. Uh, the one where it's Mary. Sorry? Oh, no, never mind. Go on. It's the one where it's Mary and um, Jesus is a particular... Madonna and child. The Madonna. No. Madonna. It might be Madonna. Basically, um, you can follow the gaze of the characters mm. in those paintings and it tells a story. Ah. So there's a clear sort of starting point and you follow the gaze of characters and it takes you through um, a, a story within the painting. And that was a thing that he was a massive advocate of. Uh, where At a time where everybody else was doing things either like face on um, or sideways on, he put things at the three quarters so that you could kind of see where people's lives came and kind of what their expression and intent was. Is- is it the Virgin and Child with Saint Anne? Mm. Possibly. Yeah. Nice. It said know. the audiobook said look at PDF at that point. I'll be <laughs> listening to a fucking audiobook. What <laughs> do you think the chances are? <laughs> Sorry, I've wanked on about um Leonardo. But yeah, so loads basically what I was trying to say was very little original stuff in that room. It's all um, shamelessly pirate. Oh, that's great. Leonardo's actual life and genius. Was cool. there anything that you wanted to put in then? Like some reference or some bit that just ended up on the cutting room floor because there was just too much no, to put in? No, no. That was another reason you got an extra few minutes was because I was afraid I'd jammed too much wank in there. Mm. 
That was good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Da Vinci, but also I fucking hate the guy because he succeeded and did so many wonderful things in his life in such a short space of time. And here I am just living my days. <laughs> Nowhere nearly in Da Vinci. So Da Vinci, if you're listening, love you, but fuck you. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah. Suck it, old yeah, man. Yeah, but guess who's you're dead not and who's not dad. right now? The one up in you, Leonardo. Yeah, I nearly had a breakdown trying to put up a blind... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Leonardo's out here vetting wings and things, <laughs> discovering friction, designing, designing killing machines, yeah. helicopters, <laughs> bastard. I I thought it was a terrific room. I really liked it. It was it was. Uh, there were just so many little. I mean, uh, I don't think I've written notes this dense for a room in a while because there were so many little bits that all sort of linked together. I was. I won't lie, I was slightly disappointed that there wasn't more karaoke. Because that's one of my favourite things in the world. I, was I really hope it was somebody who's going to try and sing the song. Well, I, I, I don't know the song. <laughs> that's uh, fair. It's one of the Weezer songs I don't know. Um, I, I, I do I do enjoy we- Weezer, yeah. especially the first like two, three albums are, are, are really great. But uh, yes, I guess I'll have to go off and learn that. And then when we eventually do a... a big infinite escape room meetup somewhere mm. uh, we could do it in a karaoke yes yeah. they won't have that song so i'll just have to sort <laughs> of pause the playback and yell it into a microphone Fine. yeah was was the weezer song like was it just because you wanted that song or was that a deliberate way to segue in it's titled da vinci oh, of course it is yeah I definitely didn't just Google songs titled. <laughs> Could you type in Da Vinci into Spotify and see what came up? <laughs> oh, that would be even smarter. Damn it! <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I'm too. I old. know. I know Ben is a big Terry Pratchett fan. Uh, 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 the rest, uh, anyone? Yeah, else? I'm a massive Terry yeah. Pratchett fan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And of course, Leonard of Quirm. Love the yes. man. The, the Leonardo Da Vinci parallel. And one of my. Uh, did you ever play Discworld Noir? Yes. What a game! And you remember Leonard of Quirm being a major character in that, and you play as this. It's a character that's not. So this is they made a series of of Discworld uh, point and click adventure yeah. games. And the first two are sort of rooted in various things from the novels, and you play as Rincewind, the wizard. Mm. But they're they're kind of cobbled together stories from other books. But then there's a a, a third one called Discworld Noir that's a sort of quasi three D, but like deeply cynical noir investigation game. Mm where you play a detective who, spoiler alert, then becomes a werewolf. So you have to do a lot of scent work, which is interesting. But yeah, Leonard of Quirm is like your gadgets guy. Uh, <laughs> and you end up having to fly his helicopter out over Ankh Morpork. And just all, whenever someone talks about Leonardo da Vinci, some little, like, I don't know, yeah. I must have been about 12, 13 when I played it, that little bit of my brain's just like, don't forget this, don't forget this. Uh, so it's Those games were so good. They, it was, good. It was, they, they had were the, fantastic. They had the art style. Was it Jack Kirby or Josh Kidby? I always get the two confused. Yeah. Well, the, the first one, the first one very much did. And then the second one was more kind of a slightly more Disney DreamWorks of the time, cell shaded type stuff. Mm. And then, yeah. Yeah. Was Noir the first was that, one the Windows 95 one? Pixely. Ginger it was a Inspired. DOS game, I think. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I love that. It looked one. kind of yeah, like sort of SNES esque, yeah. that sixteen bit kind of. Oh, it was so yeah. good. Um, and it had like Eric Idle was the voice of Rincewind, mm. and it had Sean Pertwee and like. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, nice. I need to get this on. Uh, Nigel I'll put Plano, this in the Steam Deck. Like properly impressive. You can run it in Scum VM really easy. I think I there was a while where I was mm. playing it on my phone because <laughs> <What>? Android <laughs> nice devices can play Scum VM these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were they were great games. Yeah. And they've got a real like. Uh, deeply, deeply nostalgic. Them and the Indiana Jones point and click, mm. the LucasArts ones, are real like 
yeah, Proustian reverie links to my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and still deeply, deeply frustrating as well. Every time I go back to oh, it, yeah. I, I replayed through the old Sam and Max games a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved them. Great fun. And the logic in them drove me insane. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, why yeah. didn't you click on this random chair leg <laughs> and then interact it with this thing? Fuck! <laughs> in the original Discworld game, the worst thing is trying to catch... I think it's trying... Yeah, you're trying to catch a pancake in a butterfly net. Yeah, oh my goodness. Leaning in through the window at the back of the kitchen of Unseen University and the chef's flipping a pancake and you've got to catch it with this net. And it's, you know, it's like four frames per second animation that you're trying to scoop (laughs) this thing. Oh my God. The hours I spent trying to catch that. I used to just hang out with the librarian in the library just, yeah. just for fun. Because <laughs> yeah. my yeah. librarian was the best. And sort of go off and get lost in weird corners of Elspeth. Yeah. God, they were good games. Anyway. What a good game. Uh, yeah, good games. Oh, I remember when you used them to get game. just games in in cereal packets. I got so many hours of entertainment out of Floppy CD-ROMs, discs. out of cereal packets. Oh, CD-ROMs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there yeah. was those music demo things. That you used to get, so you can um, create yeah. terrible club tracks when you were like <laughs> or, twelve. I never really knew what club music was. <laughs> <laughs> or banging club tracks. Absolute belt. I'll tell you what's a good game if you like if you like point and click and kind of weird perspective puzzles and beautiful art. Have you heard of Gorogoa? Hmm. No. Oh, that keeps no. getting recommended to me, and it, and it got recommended yeah. so much that I was just like, no, I'm not going to tell them. Well, so you were, you, when you were talking about the, the games that you like to play earlier, the, the, the iPad ones, I was like, you need to play I know, that's what keeps getting recommended. So is it good? Yeah. Okay, well, let's have so a recommendation. It is. It is it, it, it's not a long game. It's kind of, there were one or two bits that I got a bit stuck on, but that's because I'm not a very mm. visual thinker. <laughs> but it's it's a really sort of beautiful, weird, interesting visual narrative game. okay so, i'll give that a go, go then <laughs> so um who's coming in hot has anybody got anything coming in hot has anybody got anything they want to uh they've got bubbling in their breasts that they want to chat about in the pub i had something but it, I mean, it's more of a gripe so feel free if anyone's got anything more <laughs> to, to, to contribute by all means this is my favorite this is my favorite segment of the in the pub thing which is jamie's this is what's grinding my gears yes good What's grinding Here's your ears, what Jamie? absolutely boils my piss, as they say. In <laughs> is it when is it when Linda's Farm remove one of their incredibly um, productive hives? Uh, no, the yeah. Linda's Farm meadery is uh, is is it's, quite the wonderful place. I'm on to the second bottle. I'll, uh... here's, what, here's what boils my honey scented piss, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> and, it's, and it's probably quite a niche thing as well. So, in as 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 you as you probably know, when you're in an escape room, you do the room. You come out and the games master will give you a little debrief and they'll take your picture to go up on social media. The thing that always that was really just pisses me off when I see it, and you see it across all social media, is 95% of the photos that you see, everyone is just stood there looking completely expressionless and gormless as if like they're <laughs> at somebody's funeral. It's like... Like you've just spent sixty minutes of your time. You're Indiana Jones, or you're a high stakes criminal, or you're a copper or a detective or something. And you come out, and then all you've got is that single memento of that experience. Is your face just going? Uh, well, it's probably because they usually make you hold what? up a sign to say how shit you did. Well, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, think, I think it's partly for the games masters as well. But like, it's like if you if it's like a wedding. I might be the only person that, you know, equates escape rooms with weddings, but there we go. But the only, <laughs> you, the only memory you have and the only souvenir you've got of that experience is the photos. 
Um, How drunk are you at weddings? Well, <laughs> you, just look, you, look, you have to look back at the photographic evidence. Oh, I suppose I was there, wasn't I? That's why they're not speaking to me anymore. Proof. <laughs> I wondered why I was wearing that. Okay, that explains why I was on fire that night. Fair enough. But yeah, why would you, why would you have that experience and then you make zero face at the end of it? Or like it, what, what's even worse is the sort of the Wallace and Gromit grin, just the... <laughs> for, for, for a start, nobody wants. I feel like we need to take some screen caps for the listeners because these are these are some great faces that we're getting. From As here. you can see, I've trolled through many post escape room photos, and it like no one's going to share that. And like if if you're like an escape room owner, like that's terrible marketing. That every terrible. single customer that comes through your door looks like they're having a shit time. <laughs> a lobotomy. Man, this, is, this, is, this is the best room I've, I've ever played. This is amazing. It's immersive. The puzzles are amazing. Click. Uh, and that's it. You know? <laughs> so uh, just just a tip for anybody doing escape room. Just do something fucking wacky. Mm-hmm. Do, do, jazz, do jazz hands or something. As, as has come up once or twice on this show before, I've never been to an escape room. Yeah. So <laughs> now I have... Now, which is very funny. As I, as I said, four years, in, nearly four years into doing this show, uh, I've never done an escape room. Um, aside from this show, obviously, which is not necessarily the same thing. I did go, uh, if we're talking about like immersive experiences with absurd attention to detail, I did go week before last uh, for my wife's birthday. We went to the Burnt, Burnt City. Oh, I want to go, yeah. I want to go, I want to go. So it's... Uh, so... I'd not been to any of the punch drunk things before. I, I, some friends of mine had raved about other stuff they'd done about um, Sleep No More and Mask of the Red Man. Best thing I've ever. I don't seen. know about Mask of the Red. Okay, that's a so film, right? Apparently, other other friends of mine who have been to other productions they've done and this, they said this is not. This is a lot more abstract, a lot weirder. There's no dialogue. There's no spoken dialogue at all. Uh, it really doesn't hold your hand, um, and so we we both found it quite baffling. And it was only when we came out of it, and, and like I, it was amazing. It was incredible from a production point of view. I have never experienced anything quite like it. Like the scale of what they did, the, the space was gigantic, and they had some the, these incredible moments, these tableaus where you were like holy shit, this is an image. I understand why they've sealed my phone in a little bag so I can't get hold of it because you, you want people to experience this, you know, in person. You don't want people posting shit pictures of it on Instagram. <laughs> um, but it took us a few hours after we got out of it before we were both like, yes, actually, that was very, that was good. And I, I kind of want to go again because I feel like I probably only got about 30, 40% of what was going on in there. I only saw maybe... What's it called it, again? Burn yeah, so it's, um, City. yeah, it's, it's, it's um, on in Woolwich. It, it's a big immersive theatre thing. So Punch Drunk yeah. is, um, I'd say, like the UK's big immersive theatre company. Mm. I think they're and the they world's are, big the- immersive theatre company. And they are, and but they do these yeah. big productions, and the level of detail mm. is insane. So you're not was, sat down it watching it; you're walking around. No, no, and you go, you go where you like, when you like. You can pop out to the bar if you had enough. Yeah, I so like the the way that the Burnt City is structured. and I think most of their previous shows have been structured. Is they loop it so mm. it runs on a loop and it loops a few times so so the burnt city runs i think it's three one hour loops something like that so you come in somewhere during the first hour and then you can do what you want cool. so the first loop i was following a couple of different characters and sort of staying all broadly in one space and then in the second loop i followed one specific character who i'd only seen a little bit of and was like what's his deal and i ended up like 
on the other side of the site. Wow. And I, I must, I probably, I must have. Was he in a hurry to get coffee? <laughs> well, no, because he's, it, so it's, it's based on the fall of Troy. So it's people voyaging from Greece to, to Troy and back again. Um, and so I was following, I, I later figured out it was Agamemnon and I, mm. I followed him for a full hour, basically. I was like, oh shit, like this site is tr- so much bigger than I realized it was on that first loop where I was just sort of watching in, you know, I was there was a, a big room with a couple of like smaller spaces off the side. I was like, wow, this is really impressive. And then I went off and did the other stuff and followed him. And I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> and I kept seeing things where I was like, what's that? And then after the last loop that I did, I was like, I still didn't see whatever that was in the second mm. loop. I I don't know what that was about. So I, I'm tempted to go back again. Like it's 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 not cheap, but it's also compared to like the cost of any West End mm. show. Basically, it's it is. Cheap. Where is it? Where do you have to go? Most... Do you know where Woolwich is? <laughs> Southeast London. Okay. It's on the Elizabeth Line. Okay. Ooh. It's on the Elizabeth Line. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Get to that kind of thing. Yeah. In a in a similar vein, well, have you? Have you heard about um, Phantom Peak, also in London? No. So it, Tell me about um, it. In a similar way, the sort of immersive theatre, but it's mixed with escape room um, immersion oh, as well. Right. So it's done by uh, Nick Moran, who designed Time Run in London and also yep. designed the, the Sherlock uh, escape room in London as well. Oh, the famous yeah. one. Um, so yeah, excellent track record by him. So he's designed um, a game called Phantom Peak, which is they've essentially built a Western town. Uh, like a Westworld kind of vibe. Oh, right, cool. So you go in there, it's like a five-hour experience, and like Burns said, you sort of go anywhere you want, but you get to interact with the characters themselves, ask them questions, speak to them. They're going about wow. they're going about their daily lives in the town, and there are like, I think like a dozen or so different trails that you can follow, and there are mysteries within the town to solve. Sure. And... Oh, okay. It's, right. I've not yet I've been, just but, seen where it is, and I know where that is, yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm really hoping to go... Uh, something this year but it's one apparently it's one of those ones where one visit you'll be able to get maybe say 60 yeah. percent of, of the trails done um yeah, so you gotta yeah, go yeah. back and do more and they've um they launched it i think in july last year and then in mm-hmm. october they redid the whole town for halloween um called it hallowed peak and then redid yeah. the entire thing again for christmas for win called Wintermas. yeah and they've got i think three different events planned throughout this year as well mm. and the town um, if you listen to like Nick Moran on um, other podcasts talking about it as well, the town evolves. So in like the first season sure. back in July, there was a guy who was running for mayor and getting people to get to vote for him. By Christmas, he's been elected mayor. So people who go back several times get the full evolution of the, of this town over time. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's on my, my New Year's list to, to visit at some point. It sounds amazing. Let me know when you're going because... <laughs> the, the, there's a bus that goes near my house that, that stops near there. So that's this sounds like Westworld with meat, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds incredible. Um, so yeah. I really want to go. And I, that I sounds that. great. Yeah, I'm super interested. Um, In for escape room road trip. Yeah, let's go. Weirdly enough, uh, weirdly enough, when I've just googled it, the the result that comes up, the link is purple, not blue. So clearly, I've looked at this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anybody right. have? Yeah. Anything else they want to bring in? I've got, I've got all off my chest. I feel, I feel cathartic. Thank you. It's like group therapy. Cool. In which case, I'll, I'll draw us to a close. And do I have an outro for this? Well, I get it right. I'm quite drunk now. <laughs> As you, you want to get, be. you want to get a little bell. You want yeah. to get a little bell for last. Last days. orders. Last order. Ding ding ding. <laughs> I, you know, when I worked um, as a barman, that used to be my favourite part of the night. 
Ringing last door. Keeping people out. <laughs> yeah, just because I, I, it made me think, as as quite an antisocial person, I wished I had a bell that made people fuck off. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. more out mm, aspects yeah. of my life um but actually what would end up happening is that the uh, the regulars would take that as a cue to get like multiple drinks. Oh, shit. yeah see when i worked at greg's you would aggressively wipe down the the pasty case passive aggressive sort of passive aggressively passive aggressively <laughs> let's be clear so, here we're british so you, you wipe down the pasty no yeah just just <laughs> just brush <laughs> Just, just flicked, uh, you know, just, crumbs at people. Just deglazing you know, them. Delicious <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think more people could do with bells in just day-to-day society as an indication to tell people a to fuck off or b this news like a town crier would. I think society as a whole would be bettered by more people using bells to, to display their emotions. Well, I just mm. think that's bells in Parliament, am I right? <laughs> 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 oh, dear. All right, all right. That's that. That's- piss off out the pub let's go and get a kebab Um, oh yeah this has been the infant escape room pub episode we'll see you next time for Jamie's room bye bye now bye 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 bye